Hello, everybody. Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. Now, for the first time ever, we're doing both an audio and a video podcast. So we got a lot of stuff to show you. If you're listening to the audio feed, I'd highly recommend that you go check out our YouTube channel and see what we're talking about at the same time. I'm Gareth Connor. And I'm Christian Bassey. And today, what we're going to do with this little video experiment is show you Spike Mark 5. Christian, it's been a long year of development. <laughs> it's uh, been a long year of development. There's been a lot of work. You've been working on it for a ton. I came in, a, in it kind of at the end and chipped in. And uh, it, huge, huge changes. And you said, like, hey, I want to do a podcast yeah. about it. And I also want to show it off. So wanna, Yeah, so you've done a lot of work to set this up for video. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, what a better what better way to kick this off? It's also kind of a great experiment for us to figure out how much interest there is in kind of seeing things. Uh, we've done some like uh, you know scripted video work. Mm-hmm. Also interested mm-hmm. to see if people are interested in some unscripted video work, having us show you kind of more um, off the cuff stuff that we're working on. So. Anyway, what this video is is really an introduction into SpikeMark and us chatting about cool SpikeMark things that we want to show you. It's not mm-hmm. really in-depth training. There is more of that stuff coming. Mike's working on some great actual training videos for SpikeMark. But this is more us kind of riffing on like what's cool and new, what we liked, and just enthusiastically showing you. What right, and a little bit of the uh, story behind how it came to be. Right. Because there's some there's some stories. <laughs> there's a couple couple two tree <laughs> stories. Yeah. So like I guess one of the first questions here, Christian, is why do we make Spike Mark Five? What was wrong with Spike Mark Four? Right. And with the Q grid that's been around for several years now at this point. Yeah. Like thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple pain points I think we uh, started to encounter. Yeah. Um, specifically, when you started getting a larger show and with a lot of motors, you one of the things you would run into is uh, you'd have to do a lot of back and forth horizontal scrolling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could get maybe like 12 to 15 motors on screen before they kind of just fell off the right-hand side. They yeah. They would be dragon style. Yeah. yeah, and then you weren't ever sure what that motor specifically was doing. Yeah, that was actually pretty suspicious. Like, you could not, if you had a big show, well, you really just couldn't. You just couldn't have too many motors on there because even with an extra wide monitor, you could get maybe 24 motors on there. And then beyond that, you have cues written for motors that you can't see on screen, and that's that's no good. Right, and our answer had always just be, had it been, just get a bigger screen. Yeah. But staring down the barrel of 100 axes that we were putting into a theater, um, no screen big enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the other thing that and then, you ran into also, right? Right. Going along with that, though, is uh, memory issues. Yeah. So uh, Spike Mark Four uses a lot of memory. Yeah that it doesn't necessarily need to. Yeah, and again, going back to that Q-Grid, right? Like mm-hmm. the Q-Grid was the thing that was sucking up the memory. Right, because uh, the way it worked was when you loaded the show file, yep. it loaded everything into memory, and it drew all of the on-screen elements, even though you couldn't see them. Right. And so even if you, so if you had like cues stacked up kind of virtually in mm-hmm. your head, like you got Q1 through... 600 mm-hmm. and you could only see q one two three four and five on screen but 
what was really happening, right, was that everything below there mm -hmm. was in memory, was, just not was seen. Was still there, yeah. yeah. And so during the exploratory phase of what are we going to do, um, I tried doing a... Uh, a memory profile uh -huh. to see how much memory we were actually using. Oh yeah, what was that answer? Um, so in the middle of the test, my computer ran out of memory and it crashed. <laughs> so a little bit. So, yeah, unknowable. Yeah, <laughs> more than that. More than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a the Q grid was a like not to get too geeky about it, but like we write it all in WPF. Like all the UI stuff mm -hmm. is in WPF Windows Presentation Framework. And that QGrid was a, a custom UI element that I wrote way back in the day, like yeah. 2007, 2008. Which is pretty impressive because that stuff's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do a great job of memory management, as it turns out. Like, it wasn't virtualized. Like, that's the big thing that we were really needing. Running right? into, yeah. 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 And so uh, in Spikemark 5, we now use some of the built-in controls instead, and those are virtualized, so they do a much better job of memory management than my caveman style. <laughs> so, um, oh, and I think the other thing I wanted to mention at this point, too, is, like, even once you can see 100 motors on screen, oh, right, like, how do you find them, right? right? Like, because you have 100 motors on screen now, but you can't really look at 100 motors all at once and kind of process what's going on with them like which one's got a limit switch and which one's you know at position 20 and all those things um so there is another element to this where you really need to uh provide tools to the operator to be able to limit down to what you want want to see at that point like are you just looking at the downstage deck tracks are you looking at the flies are you looking at whatever it is the turntable the but some way so that at the right time, as the operator, you can drill down and only see the things you want to see and then kind of pop back up and see the whole world again and then drill down and right. pop out and drill down and pop out. And be able to do it easily and intuitively. Right, right, right. So there's a whole bunch of cool, like, filter and tagging stuff that we built into. To help Spike that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, kind of like enough background, and people have heard us blather about that before on our last podcast episode. So it probably makes sense. Like, let's just get into it and show right. it off, right? Yeah, let's jump All in. All right, so let's. You do the magic let's voodoo see if that I you can, do. Uh, Boom! There we are. All right, so we're now looking like at Spike Mark Five, and I think this is the first time that probably most people will have seen this. If you're uh, not one of the special few customers that are already running it and uh, don't work in the company, this is, this this is, is your first look, new. right? Yeah. So let me just give a quick overview uh, and please jump in and yeah. and uh, and we'll just kind of riff on this, like what we're looking at. So yeah. uh, some of this is the same. A lot of this is pretty different. When you first open same up, stuff repackaged. Right. Right, reformatted <laughs> um, with some new, th with pretty some, new, yeah, new yeah. tricks too. Yeah. So up top, you've got your model view, which that's kind of a holdover from Spike Mark Four, but now split into three panes. Um, these panes are all resizable, so you can do your, you know, you can set it up how, however you like. Right. right, you can totally remove them if you want to go back to just having one. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So if I double click on a splitter bar. I go back to... Now it's Spike Mark IV. Now it's Spike Mark IV view. Let me yeah. put those back out there. And you can still zoom with your scroll bar. And then you built this cool... Yeah, that was kind of cool. New uh, 3D model spinner thing. 
Yeah, kind of like it's like the orbit control from Fusion or AutoCAD, which is pretty neat. And then it's, it's got the same light up faces, so you can like do your quick select. Yeah, so you can still get to the specific view you wanted fast. And home takes you back to like an ISO. Here, I'm just gonna dump up one side here. And then um, it's also got the little carrot, yeah. So if you wanted to go to the top. Yeah, cool. So that's a kind of our 3D view on the right-hand side here. Right now, this is just a blank show file, so there's no Showstopper 4 stuff in here, but Showstopper 4s would show up in the status, right? Yeah, and that's pretty cool stuff where... Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit now, about that. What would now be you can know, with Showstopper 4, now you can know which e-stop button is hit in your theater. So if you have them spread out, permanent install style, or you just have a lot of remote buttons laying around... Yeah you can now specifically know which one was hit. That's, that's super cool. So you can quickly find it and go see what the problem was. And we'll, we'll explore like what a tree like that looks like when we open up a big show file. Yeah. Um, and then we get down to the below it. What used to be the Q grid is now, um, this is now separated by different workspaces. So we're in the jogging workspace you can see up top. And this is where your motors will show up. And this is, we got one motor on screen. If I, Click on it. You can see if I hover over, you get the nice little hover highlighting mm -hmm. that you built, yeah. which is super cool. If I click on it, everything kind of jumps to life. On the right-hand side is our old properties pane, and that's mostly all still the same. We've mm -hmm. moved some cheese in there. Um, Simplified it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm going to – so know that it's here, but I'm going to double-click and just hide it because actually much of the time you don't really need it anymore. Right. So. We designed a whole new uh, way to be able to interact with that stuff. Yeah. And then once I've selected something here, it pops up in this Axis dashboard. And this is maybe doesn't make a whole ton of sense when we're looking at just like one motor because you're like, here's a motor here and here's a motor here. Mm -hmm. But anything that's selected is in the dashboard. And if I deselect it, it comes out of the dashboard. Right. So it gives you an idea that anything in the dashboard is things I am currently editing or things that are going to move right when i jog them so i think without further ado let's just get a bigger show yeah show. yeah right let me open be up be able a... to really show off some of this totally do 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 so i'm gonna open up a thing called big show which is this has got uh quite a few motors in it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure what the count is but it's got a lot so we look around here we got a bunch of line sets in it uh, and we got some um, horizontal panels. We got some lifts. We got we got things in here. Yeah. Um, oh, let's go ahead and back up to the showstopper status bar since we're yeah. here. So we've got like some uh, basement levels that have got some showstoppers in them. So this is a hierarchy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's completely customizable, so you can add things indefinitely inside of each other so you can really keep it organized the way you want and then the it so right now they're all showing up as gray because they're not plugged in right because we're in simulator mode instead of live right yep. um and, and we're not connected and we're not connected things. to because i guess actually even in simulator, in simulator mode, yeah they would show up yep. if we had them yeah. yeah but so when they are safe not engaged they are a green um and then when they are engaged, 
they're red. And the nice thing is that it, that propagates up the tree. So now that it's all collapsed, as you can see, the roaming or the the B1 or whatever would still show the status if. Gotcha. So if I had, so I just ex expanded it. If I had like uh, the operator station under roaming, if that had a red light, then that roaming would also show a red light. So yeah. Showing that yeah. Something underneath there. Is yeah. So you can again quickly find the button. Yeah. And go fix the problem. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close up our model view a little bit so we can see more of the motors here, just so we can get a, a sense for how big this is. So we got 57 motors, it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, but you can see they easily fit even on a laptop screen. Right. And then, um, like, easy to find them. You can right. No scrolling required. So I'm just going to select a couple of things so we can show off the Axis dashboard a little mm -hmm. bit. And actually, maybe I'll... I don't want to like fidget with my, my 3D views all day, but get a little bit of something here so we can see it when we jog some things. So I'm going to grab just a couple of line sets. And I think one of the coolest things that now in the jog screen is you can select multiple things at once. So if I want to grab a few line sets here randomly, I've just been holding down the control key and clicking on these things, but then you can also use the fancy little circle the little circle if you click inside that that also adds, adds it to, it to the selection, selection. yeah and it, similarly it'll take it away from the selection if you uh, click inside that circle yeah so you can you can do kind of normal selection or what i consider to be normal selection like mm -hmm. a control clicking or shift clicking so shift clicking would give you a range control clicking like Gives adds specific yep. ones mm -hmm. right but anyway so now those all show up in the dashboard and let's walk through just left to right. What's it, what's available to us uh, once things are in the dashboard? Yeah, and I think this also starts illustrating a, a, another new key point now is you can now edit settings, these quick settings here, for multiple axes at the same time. Which is super cool. Especially for uh, when you're trying to get like things set up. It's Yeah. So I can... In the identification, I could add tags, and we'll talk more about tags in a bit. Um, I could connect and disconnect to them. I can set, my, oh, here's a good one, right? Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to, if these things were all, these are all line sets, and maybe they all have the same max forward trim, I can set that here and go to like 400 as my max trim. And, and now it's for all of them. All yeah. of them. Everything that's been selected, boom. It's now at 400. That's pretty sweet. And you'll notice the the varies that shows up to tell you that things we have selected currently don't have the same values. Oh, that's a good point. Like, cause like network, for instance, you're not going to want these things to all have the same network address. That Please would be no. bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably don't want them to all have the same name either. Right. Right. And so those things just show you as varies, but you can also uh, change it. Right. Like, yep. so if I wanted to change my max speed on all of these at once, mm -hmm. right. I could dumb that down to be like six inches per second or seven inches per eight. <laughs> because that's why I typed bad fingered eight in there. Uh -huh. And now they're all max speed of eight inches per right. second, right? Yeah, and that's a quick, another cool check you can do is if these are all supposed to be going the same speed, does it say varies? Well, then somebody's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then super, super cool, right? Mm -hmm. I can, with these things selected, mm -hmm. so I've got six motors here, mm -hmm. and it shows me six motors are on local control. I can just grab them and jog. Yeah. Now jogging six things now all at once. All at once. No cues. Right. Which is pretty dope. So if you've used Spike Market 4 or 3 or 2, you'll know that you used to only be able to select one motor at a time. And mm -hmm. if you want it, 
So you could only jog one motor at a time. And if you wanted to move multiple motors at the same time, you really had to write a cue, like you right. said. Yep. And with this, or you had to go like to the faceplate and use both hands <laughs> and you were yeah. limited to two. And so. Right. And so this is crazy cool, right? Like, and this show, I don't think actually has any groups set up in it mm-hmm. at the moment, but oh, yeah, but jo- it's pretty cool how well jogging works now with multiple different t- heterogeneous types. So you can have, mm-hmm. in this case, we have just uh, six independent line sets, but if you had grouped motors, previously, if you wanted to select and jog a, um, a subset of a group. You had to deactivate all the other ones and then you could jog the group. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. It's a little bit simpler now. Right. Now you can just select what you want. Just select what you want. Um, and I, I, we might as well just set that up, right? Yeah, like, I, think, we'll I think that's really cool to see. Yeah. Because it so. also shows, because um, now you can also jog a group with another line set, say. So if you were were had a group of chain motors lifting a truss or something, and then also you wanted to not have the line set in the group, but you wanted to move the line set with the group for whatever reason, you can now also do that without having to write a queue. Right. So I'm just going to call this uh, grouped line sets. And we'll put a bunch of these line sets that we have in this group. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, so now those are grouped, and now we can see also how groups show up, right? So you mm-hmm. have the, this group shows up with a kind of a header bar across it. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to jog the group, same as ever, like I can jog the entire group at once. That's not regular old good, uh, good old group jog. Right. And if I zoom in here, I'll get a little closer. Select my group again, and now we can see that all of those line sets are moving, right? Yep, just like we would expect. And now I can, instead, I can just grab a couple of the line sets, like say I wanted to adjust the trim between them for some reason, and I can just jog those. And those will go into grouped jogging mode, which instead of sending just a 0 to 100% command signal, actually sends a synchronous velocity yeah that they and, all have to match and still protects it with the fault uh monitoring right Here's some information <laughs> oh thanks siri that's my watch piping up <laughs> perfect <laughs> um and then the uh also very cool like you were alluding to i can select a couple of things outside of the group and now these things they show up here that i've got in local control i got two singles and then three from grouped, from a group. So that means that everything now is gonna go into that kind of velocity jog mode, where instead of just right. sending a zero to um, 100% command signal, they're all gonna be moving um, at a, a velocity that's a percentage of their full. So if right. they have the same maximum speed set, and now I can just quickly double check that they are i mean right you know they doesn't say varies and are. we set it to eight and so yep and now those things are all going to move together and you, you can kind of see them there in our 3d view let me make that a little bigger so we can see our 3d view better right and it's a it's a subtle concept the difference there is but it's now running 
uh, like you were saying, as a speed as opposed to a percent of just fall. Right. Whatever that is for the drive. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then I can also, so that's jogging. And, mm-hmm. jo- and that works, uh, we've been using it on screen so you can show you, but that works obviously on your joystick for your console consulette yeah. or, uh, yeah. If you, if you're using three or four showstopper consulate. Right. And then I can also send everything to a position, right? Yeah. So, uh, move to position, which before in spec mark four again was a, it was kind of a buried feature and it, you could again only do one axis at a time. Right. But similar to jog now you can select whatever you want and run it in a ad hoc queue essentially. Exactly. So I'm going to bring them all to 100 inches, and they're all starting from, some of them are starting from 81, some of them are starting from 31. They're all loaded to go, and then you can just run. And like you said, this is basically like having a queue, but you don't have to go through the, all the rigmarole. Of writing the queue, adding the motors, setting the speeds and the positions to all be same. Or Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, it's great for being able to quickly move things to a known position, like, Totally. Want to bring in all your line sets to a working height or something, or yeah, 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 any number of things. And I could do a um, oh right. And now also you can so the spikes you have that are common among all the things selected. So that means they have the same exact names and they have the same exact positions. Will show up in the spikes column there in the quick properties, and you can load that right in to the move, move to, to position. position. That's super cool. Yeah. Right. So, like you said, if they're shared spikes, you can use those as move to position targets as well without having to write a queue and right. do all that. This right. So, like if right you there. set every so all your line sets have a working height. Yeah. Spike, for example. That's so dope. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, and then lastly here, brand new um, panel called Load Cell, which right now has got the, hey, I don't know what guy, um, because we aren't connected to any load cells. But but uh, not, uh, one of the big things we've added is now integrated load cells into SpikeMark. So, yeah. So we can uh, read in uh, 4 to 20 milliamp signals on our stagehand cards, on our new stagehand cards. Right. And we can now show load cells, load yeah. cell information. And so you'll see, like... Um, Individual motors will show up a their, their current load cell if yep. they've got load cells equipped, and then groups. What do groups show? Groups uh, in the properties pane, it shows the total weight. Total weight, which is pretty sweet. And then you can also set alarms, right? You can set right. underweight and overweight alarms that will stop motion. Yep, and that way you can, if it gets hung up or if or it's it overloaded, overloaded, it'll stop. Yeah. And that's all configurable, so. That's so sweet. Yeah. So to clear the selection that I've got in the dashboard, I can either like click in an unused area uh, or click on a new motor, or I can hit the clear selection uh, button as well. And also the escape key. And the escape key. There you go. Because during development, I kept hitting that button because that usually deselects whatever I'm using in uh, while I'm programming. Yep. And and then I kept trying to do that in Spike Mark to unselect the motors. So yeah. that's why that's there. Nice. It was for me. <laughs> quality of life things. So let's talk quickly about tags. Um, so tags, 
So we see all of our motors here, and I've, I've shrunk up my 3D view just so we can see the, all the cards for each motor. Um, you can assign tags to any number of motors, and every motor can have multiple tags, as many as you want. And so here, if I select my line sets tag, I'm showing only ones that have the line sets. If I'm looking for the theater doors, I can click on that and it shows me the inner door and the outer door lifts. We only have one lift in this show at the moment, so that just shows just me that. One. Mm -hmm. um, all my seven and a half horsepower line sets have a separate tag for them. So that you can see here, they've got the orange tag for seven and a half horsepower, but then also the blue tag for line sets. Because they are a line set, they just go faster. Yeah. Right. So depending on how you want to see it. And so my front of house, I can see all my front of house um, stuff, which has got some something called clouds, and then also uh, my uh, front of house electric. And when I select those tags, I still see the other motors in my 3D view, right? but they're kind of grayed out, showing me that, like, yeah, there's more stuff to see if you wanted to, but you're, you are limited down to what you're... Uh, Right. And you can still select the other stuff in the if some in uh, in the in the model view. You can still select the grid out stuff. Grab it, right? Yeah, yeah. But this way, it's focusing you on the thing you're trying to see, right? And if I control A, that selects everything that's tagged, that's visible through my tag selection, right. which is a, a really handy way to like grab everything here, for instance, and then just run it, yeah, up or down. And then actually, uh, that also showed off a new cool thing too. Is now when you go past your soft limits, right? Which you're allowed to do in jogging. Jogging, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yep. It now shows as yellow, like it does on the pendant. We made that change to the pendant a while ago, and oh, now right. brought it into spike mark as well. And that's that yellow. So you you don't a red would be an actual physical limit switch struck, mm -hmm. and yellow showing you like, hey, you you've gone into your danger zone. What you told us was your danger zone. You're right. allowed to do it, but just a heads up. Yeah. Um, and then adding tags or adding. So if I go back to my all tag, which just shows me everything and I hit escape to deselect my stuff. If I wanted to, uh, let's see here. Like if I decided that FOHLX is actually a, um, a seven and a half horsepower line set. Yeah. Or just seven and a half horse. I can select it. It's in my dashboard, select my tag, and then move the tag into its assigned. And now we've got FOH line LX there it is. in yeah. the line sets. Yep. Super cool. And you can set your, um, like, you can edit the tag. That's right. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you can pick any color you want. You can pick any name you want. You can have as many of them as you want. Yep. And then when you select multiple tags, which you can do by either control clicking or shift clicking to select a range, yep. it's additive. So right. like, which is a conscientious choice that we made like that. I think more often than not, people are rather than trying to like drill more tightly in, you want to see more, see more, right? Yeah. I want to see my so. seven and a half and my FOH and my lifts. Right. And so you can select right. all of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll go back to my, to my all tag. Then another thing up here. And yeah. Yeah. Because, and you spent most, uh, <laughs> there's a whole nother story that yeah, we'll get to a in a second. Story, yeah. But I think the other thing to point out here too is, so that's tagging. But then I think the other thing to show off here is the filters. Right. Which, uh, I don't know, you worked a lot on. So do you want to? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I worked a bit on the tagging too. And um, 
and then the whole UI for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so, right. So filters just allow you to um, kind of narrow down things that, honestly, it's like things that are having problems are how I like to think of filters um, or just things that are currently running. Right. So like things that are disconnected. So if I filter to things that are disconnected, we're in simulator, everything is connected. So I get nothing. But if you were trying to find that one annoying motor that has dropped off the network, you can filter down to just show me the disconnected one. Right. Or disconnected ones, right? If it's more than one. Um, similarly, you could say, just show me the inactive ones. And so I think this one is super helpful too. I totally agree. Deactivated it for maintenance or for whatever. And right. And now, now you're just ones. trying to find it yeah. again to maybe reactivate it, which of course I could hit control A to select all of my inactive ones and then I can activate them again. Um, oh, that didn't actually change them all to active though. Nah, <laughs> eh, it's not released yet. Um, <laughs> so that one just gave us the, the first one of the, the, of that active set, but I could also look for ones that are faulted, which we currently have none that are faulted. Um, cause we're in simulator cause we're in simulator. Yeah. I could look for any ones that have a queue loaded, which is currently none, but we, we can see those in queue view. Um, I could also see all my idols anyway. So, it's, and then you can also do things that are like all my ones that are connected, um, and faulted or faulted us. Right. And again, like the tags, like you were saying, it's a consciously additive. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's filters and you can kind of use filters and tags together to, to again, to drill down and find the motors that you're looking for. And then there's also just a, a search. So, um, if I was looking for that FOH line set, I can type in FOH and again, it, it finds me that if I'm looking for a line set, I could, erroneously just type line set and I'm like, Oh God, there's so, so many there's line a lot sets. of those. Yeah. Line sets with a one in them. And here we go. All the ones that have a one in them. So it's, you know, all of those guys, uh, as well. So. Yeah. And then, so I had initially mocked everything up in spike mark as we were doing our tests and I had put the, I had put the filter bar above the 3d model view. <laughs> right. So it was above here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was though the layout was still that like the tabs that you'll remember from spike mark for. And right. so I had just oh, put right. the There's tabs. We yeah. still had tabs. Yeah. And so I had just put the filter bar above that because you still want to be able to use your filters in Q in the Q workspace, which we'll get to in more in a second. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Gareth finally had some time to start uh, being right. able to dig into some of this too. Right, because we've basically gotten through the like the physical production of this giant job, and we're yeah. down to software. Just finishing up the software. Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, I'll do the filter bar. Yeah. As a and I believe your <laughs> uh, initial <laughs> estimate was like, yeah, and I'll have this done by the end of the week or something. That sounds and right. Then, that sounds right. That sounds like me. And then yeah. uh, what? That turned into something, didn't it? Yeah, that turned into quite a quite a thing. Yeah. So we had the tabs across the top, mm -hmm. and the filter bar was right next to the tabs or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really want the filter bar to be <laughs> not so far away from the things that you are filtering because it's always filtering the like the the motors down right. here so it, it feels better for me if they're down closer and that caused me to look at like some of the ui code and i'm like well you know the other thing that bugs me about this is that on each tab at that point we had the models 
views like replicated. Right. And I was like, but they're oh, right. really not right either. Yeah. Like that, they really are the same models. So why would we have like two instances of them? It's really just swapping out the content pane below. Mm -hmm. And then I got into the, and I was like, well, the structure of that's kind of wrong. And then I was like, actually though, I'm not sure I like how the tabs look, the tabs look, I want to go to like, let's get rid of the tabs and do this drop down menu. And then that turned into just a whole, a whole thing. Cause then we ended up re refactoring a ton of the UI. Cause it also turned out that we had a lot of code kind of structured, right? A little suboptimally. Right. And, uh, yeah. And so the, that was like eight weeks. The moving the filter ball turned, <laughs> moving the filter bar turned into a refactoring all of the UI code. We refactored all the UI code. Yeah. At that point. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, for any like super geeky programmers out there, like we decided that at that point too, we had, we had sporadically used the MVVM pattern, the mm -hmm. model view view model pattern, uh, which is, uh, especially cause like we, I started writing in WPF, like against the WPF framework before it was officially released. So that like in 2008, it was still beta. Um, yeah. And, um, and so the like best practices hadn't really quite come to light and just, I, yeah. 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 And the MVVM pattern kind of developed over that time, which is now like a really popular pattern to mm -hmm. use, mm -hmm. like in react and, um, Swift UI, right. and like all of those things. So, um, so we were like, ah, we, we, and I remember like, it was, maybe over a night or a weekend that we're like, let's just think about this. Right. And, and do a little like prototyping and some reading and just, we came back. Do we want to make the, do we want to do, do we like make this change? Cause it's a big investment if we yeah. do this, but I think it's going to be a lot cleaner, blah, blah, blah. We came and back. We have used it in a couple other places prior to that. And it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Right. But it was like, ah, oh, this is going to be a, this is going to touch everything. everything. Yeah. And uh, we did, we touched everything. <laughs> so, and, yeah. But it's better. Yeah. It's it, way it better. It is way better. Way more maintainable. <laughs> but now the tab bar is in the right, or the, uh, the filter, filter bar is in the right place. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna move that filter bar real quick. Let me just move that filter bar real quick. Eight weeks later, yeah. Uh, but then we were also yeah yeah yeah, and that turned into like synchronizing multiple collection sets and everything. Yeah 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 yeah. It was. Uh, but ultimately, that did end up end up letting us both work on the spike mark UI at the same time. Yep. Because had we not made that change, this it was, was all in main, essentially. Was, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, main window had an awful lot of the UI code. Not the back end code. The back end code's all very well factored, but right. the UI was getting a little, yeah. a little, little spaghetti-ish. So, yeah. Yeah, much better now. Yes. Uh, all right, let's, uh, I think, oh, let's just check our little list here. Uh, tags, yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's go to Q mode. Yeah. Right? The so, other big mode here. So we switched to Q mode just by that workspace flipperoo up top. And also for the keyboard users out there, it's you can switch between them with F. Uh, this yeah, The Mac doesn't have an F key. Uh, 9, 10, and 11. F9 to Qs, F10 to jog mode, and oh, F11. F11 goes into presets. presets. All right, so back to Q mode. So F9. Yeah. Sweet. There are a lot of keyboard shortcuts now, which is awesome. Uh, so Q mode. So here we've got some cues like already um, put right. together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and close out my showstopper status just so we can see these things. Um, and so you might notice it looks a little different than the Q grid. <laughs> it does look a little different than the Q grid. It's kind of split up into two sections. 
uh, down the left hand side, you have all of the axes in the show. And whether that's motors, motor groups, Modbus, UDP, OSC, uh, FXs, they all exist there. And then over in the right hand side are your cues. And they now, instead of uh, extending horizontally, they now extend vertically. So the taller your cue, the more things you have in it. Right. And so movements, rather than showing like a, that kind of empty add button mm -hmm. um, in the old cue grid, it just, the, the axis is not present in a cue at all. Right. So like you said, this is great because you, you really see kind of like what your big cues are just by how much vertical height they take up. And if you, of course, you know, you can get rid of your model view if you want, which we'll bring back in a second, um, you know, to see more cues at once. But this is what you, you get a real quick visual about like, hey, Q4 doesn't have much going on. Q5 doesn't have much going on. Q3's got a little bit more, uh, et cetera. But those first couple of cues are huge. They've got lots of things in them. Mm -hmm. So what do I do if I want to add? Previously, if I wanted to add a motor into the queue, I had all my motors as like headers of the columns. Right. And I just click a little plus button. How do I get a motor so into this queue? Now, very uh, modern-y, but it is, uh, you can uh, drag and drop. So if I drag like line set 30, and drop over, boom, there. And if I wanted to drag like a few of them. Yep, you can still use your shift uh, shift and drag. Shift and drag. Boom. And if you try and add the same thing that already exists, it'll let you know. So, All right. So if I, let, let's just test that theory out. So I drag, uh, oh, I, I let go of my shift key. You do have to hold your shift key down through the whole operation. Right. To make the drag work. Like, boop, 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 so you can't add, add it twice. Can't add it twice. Which is helpful. Which is great. And so now, uh, other thing I think is a really cool um, design decision that mm -hmm. uh, uh, is here. And it, we should give credit here to, to Cody as well, who mm -hmm. did an awful lot. Oh, yeah. Of he the, did a lot of the mock-up like, yeah. in uh, Adobe. Yeah. XD. Right? XD. Yep. Yeah, he did yep. a lot of the, this UI work of like designing what the look and feel would, would be. Yeah. Um, I think one of the cool things about this is that you, it's no longer, it feels a lot more optimized for running the show in the sense that you, mm -hmm. we know that you're going to run the show more often than you're going to write the show. And in Spike Mark 4, you had all of these live editable boxes everywhere. Right, right. And now you really see this kind of read-only view most of the time. And if I wanted to edit something, and you can see my little highlight there as I'm mousing over, I click on it, and I get it popped up with a little editor. Right. And now this is also if you make some changes and you decide you don't want to keep them. Yeah. So I'm you're like, not locked into them. I'm going to muck this up. I'm going to put in a bunch of data I don't want. And then I can hit escape or cancel. Right. And it, and won't, it, it won't change it on you. That's um, pretty sweet. And then it also can use the arrow keys to switch between which movement. So... And then the, if you keep going up a little bit there, you can see the box will go with you so you know what one you're, you're editing. But right. then it won't disappear off the screen. And but I love how the, uh, and it, if I get to the bottom, over. it just cycles yeah. through. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, like if I hold that 
my arrow key down. I mean, I don't know why you would do that, but I just think it's fun. <laughs> and then if I want to, if I'm here and I want to start editing, I'm my target. You can see my cursor is already highlighted there. Um, actually, and I want to go down to one of these new ones I just added. So I'm going to go to a hundred and I can tab mm -hmm. and I can set the speed here to be like four and a cells two is fine. And if I'm done, but I want to like, I'm done with this. I want to go on to the next one because I have a whole list here to, right. I need to edit. What do I do? And you, so if you want to save it, you can hit shift and enter and that will update and take you to the next one. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And then my tab and shift tab all work within this little editor. So again, I'm going to go to a hundred and this one I'm going to do it like six. Okay. And I'm, I'm good with that. So I shift enter again. These all look good. I'll do 12. I'm just making up numbers here. Two, two, two. So 90. Anyway, you get the point. Very quick to edit. Right. And you can also, uh, if you tab down onto the update, you can also do shift enter there. We'll also take you to the next one. Okay. And yeah. if I just hit enter, what? It will update it and close it. Update and close. Cool. Yeah. And that's editing, like super easy. Mm -hmm. um, now, if I'm in a whole queue, so we saw like how we can edit individual mo movements, and that's super sweet. Yep. And then um, we'll get to spikes in a bit because spikes are... <laughs> Spikes have gotten cooler, uh, but it's very your much. spike list is here. And I can add a spike. I can delete a spike, all that stuff. If I want to get out of this, I can hit escape. Yep. But if I want to edit something like on the queue, like, so this would like here, I, can, I got my total time and my ramp time, right? So I can like, I can change those for the individual those, access. Right, yep. 45 seconds. If it can do it, which it can't quite 47, three is its closest. So I'll go to 48 seconds, shift, enter, escape. Um, but what if I want to make the whole queue take like 90 seconds, yeah. which I used to be able to do in the left-hand gutter. Right. So now that moved to the little pencil floating icon. Okay, if you click on floating. that, yep. this opens up the... Oh, don't right-click on it, though. Yeah, left trackpad. Yeah. This opens up the queue editing. And uh -huh. so you have a couple options here. So you can do your queue number if you want to change that. You can change the description, like sure. you always used to be able to. Uh, you can now... My queue... Also, not yours. <laughs> okay, yep. You can also now change the color <gasps> of the queue. Oh, Ken Burke's gonna be so happy to anything you want. What? So I can make this like my well, let's not make it red, red, like to make it like my pink queue. There you go. And if those preset colors aren't enough for you, you can, you can even open up the color, color wheel there. Oh, look, you, you can really have whatever you want yeah. now. This is a judgment-free zone. You can do any color you like. And I can save it as my custom color. Boom. Boop. There you go. Boop. They do work a little bit better with slightly lighter colors, I'll mm -hmm. say, just because then they... Um, you can still see that. You see the Everything. text, right? Because yeah. the text yeah. is still black. Yeah. Um, that's but, super cool. But answering your original question yeah, before yeah, we got original, sidetracked right, 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 with I did the <laughs> fancy color changing. Yeah, what color is the spike shed going to be? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now here's where you have your Q ramp time and your Q total time, which adjust it for it. all of your movements in the queue. And same thing, I have to hit. Okay, to okay. save. Yeah. That Very was something cool. we were trying to work towards is uh, it's not all live. You have to make the choice to, to want it. Got it. So if you, you don't errantly change something. Very cool. So I, I dig all of those things. And then I think the other thing is it now also 
uh, specifically for your movements, yep. now start to read like a sentence. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't just look like a sea of numbers at you. If you start reading left to right, row by row, it's yeah. so yeah. line set one, tracks reverse from 400 inches to 36.75 inches in 80 seconds at the speed. Is that 4.7, 47? 4.7, yeah. yeah. 4.7 inches per second, right. Yeah. And, it, and so that from is looking back to Q1. Right. That's in, how it. Right. In yeah. this instance, but it's really to whatever the last cue that motor was in. Got it. So if I look, so I think it's a good example of this, right? So Q2, bloop, 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 bloop. If I look at Q5, that's mm -hmm. got line set one. And there it's tracking forward from 36.75, which it wasn't in Q4, it wasn't in Q3. It was in Q2. So it right. knows that the last time it moved was in Q2, and the position it was going to was 36.75. Now it's going to go to 400. It's going to do it in 59 seconds at a speed of 60.5 inches per second. Right. And the thing we didn't want to lose from the Q grid was being able to see where the motor was going, because before, you could just look down the column, and you would see what the last position it was coming right. from was. Right, right. And so now instead of doing, since you don't have that kind of visual reference anymore, we lay it out there in the sentence. But I love this kind of sentence structure. So I th kind of think of like the each movement as a sentence and then the whole cue is like a paragraph. And I think that's Yeah, and it, really it makes powerful. sense and it's easy to quickly digest. Totally. All right, so I'm going to run a cue because I, I just can't contain myself. Yeah, that's also pretty cool. So now if I load up a cue, they all... Everything that's going to move gives our normal highlighting of red there, and the positions they're going to move to show up as their little, um, I, I like call them like ghosts. Yeah. Like the little ghosts up there. And also, I want to point out before you uh, run it is, oh, yeah. if you'll notice, the, uh, the pulsing of the red around the queue when it's loaded, which, oh, yeah. which that matches that the consulate a little bit there. Uh, Absolutely. That's right. It does totally matter. And it's even better than a console light because it can change color. That's true. All right. So I'm loaded. I'm going to go ahead and run it. Where's my run button? It's still where it uh, used to be. A little different style, but. So it's over there. You can, of course, use your console as always, or you can use your cues menu mm -hmm. uh, to run your queue, which is also F5. And the little pop-up also still exists. When you say pop-up. Uh, so window... Um, Window Q, Q control. Oh, and I went to stagehand properties. Thank that you, also still exists though. So, so Q control. So yeah. let's go ahead and put that out there. Cause I think you're right. That's a, that's a better way to do this. And if I, as I run, you will now notice that it tracks left to right with its progress. Each individual one so has cool. a progress bar. So you can get a real quick visual indication here of like how close am I to being done with this queue and how close is that specific motor to being done with its queue and they transition to their completed queue colors. Yeah. Which is super cool. It is really cool. And now here I could filter down to just my running. Yeah, this also shows off the filter. Filters really nice. And I think this is where you will use those uh, loaded and running the most. Yeah. Good point. I should put loaded it in there as a filter too. So when we go to our next queue, we can see it. Do, 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 do. And because I'm impatient, I'm just going to go ahead and load my next one, which is Q2. And now those are running. 
And then the other thing you might pick up on is Lint. that link. And what is that link doing? It's showing you how close before the, or how much time is left before the link executes, right? So yeah. this is obviously a time link because it tells me in nice sentence structure, runs for 40 seconds, then triggers Q3. And Q3 has like, it's kind of matching or mating link there. Uh, showing you that it executes after Q2 has been running for 40 seconds. It's like super clear and <laughs> right. straightforward. I love that. That's really nicely done. And then I don't know that uh, we have an example here, but so the for a queue that is executing another queue, so the yep. parent queue will show it beneath it, and the child queue, the one being executed, the link shows above it. Right. And so there's only there can only ever be one above... A queue. But there could be but there can be many below, below the, the queue. queue. Got it. But the And then you can also see I'm gonna scroll yeah. past these just because A, we're only in simulators, so I don't really feel like I gotta pay attention. Looking. Yeah. And B, I'm I'm excited to move on. So Q six here we can see it has a trailing queue, like it's mm -hmm. a parent queue. And then Q seven actually has it is triggered by a queue and then and triggers, triggers another queue. Yeah, and we can see all those, which is pretty sweet um, as well. And then so to write a link, let me just find one that's not linked already. Uh, looks like I've got a little link here. So I, I probably pick the child queue, I'm guessing. Yep. So I pick the child queue, and I can do like a completion link, time link, input link, et cetera. I'll just do a completion link, which is a little boring, but, you know. It's clear. It's, it's very easy to do, especially in a show file where I'm not quite sure what all of them yet positions are and everything. Although I could have seen, right? I, I say that. I'm like, ah, I didn't want to do a position link because I, I don't know what position is going to trigger, but I can totally see that now in that little, I should have done it. <laughs> and now I feel like a coward, but it was 434 to 360, uh, 36.75. So anywhere in that range. Would have worked. Yeah. And it's, it's so clear that it's right there. And why don't you add one so we can also show off editing at the... Add, sorry. Add like a position or a time link so we can... Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, how would you edit it, right? It's oh, good point. A little uh, different than before where it showed up on the left hand. Um. Okay, so I'm going to put a position link in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is going to... Oh, I, I jumped the gun. Here. So, so 46 now is linked to 47. 47 is going to trigger after line set 7 uh, reaches some position. It says 0 is the de default. Right, well, we can see that in 46, line set 7 is going from 144 to 40. So we want to probably change that. So just like you might think, uh, you just can click on it and... Yeah. And now I and can now enter whatever I, I want to. So I can do like 100, say. And again, like uh, like editing the movements, it's not live until you click update. So you can cancel out of it. Yep. Um, and if... Your parent link has a bunch of child links. You can use the arrow keys to move up and down between uh, the links. Very cool. And you can edit the link from either the parent or the child. So if you have them, you know. Oh, look at that. I just clicked on it. Spread out with and lots of cues in the middle. Still, a lot of the times I do this as like fake surprise so I can be a good <laughs> like sidekick. That is actual surprise. I didn't know that you could you could click on the parent link yep. and edit it that way. That is... Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, so then if you have, you know, Q1 is triggering everything and then you're all the way down in Q5 or 50 yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever you want to. You can edit, edit it where you where you're where trying you to edit to. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Again, like meet you where you want to be. Um 
Super cool. So if I want to restore this queue, is that still in my right-click menu? It sure is, and Control-R. So restore queue is super handy for folks that haven't seen this before. Mm -hmm. Not a new feature, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but one that's evergreen. Like, <laughs> so restore queue is a good way to kind of set yourself up to be sitting in Q46. Now, Q46 only moves one motor, but it's got a, a ton of motors that might have to move um, right. in order to be sitting there. Um, and it looks like like line set five's got to move because it's, uh, it's supposed to be at 434. It's currently sitting at... Uh, 36 something or 37 something and this one's got to move and so you can line to get yourself sitting in the right suggestion uh you can load and go on as many of these as you want you do have to individually do it that's actually on purpose so that we know that you know you, what you're moving you know what you're moving and you give it a little thought um but anyway and then i'm just gonna i'm gonna jump the gun here and get down to <laughs> Line set. Oh, did I already do line set seven? Nope. Oh, line set seven. Oh, I did do line set seven. There we go. All right. And then we'll wait for these guys to finish up. And you'll notice a lot of this stuff is similar, but some of it has just gotten some new UI tweaking, yeah. a little new styling. Um, but a lot of the pop-up windows are still exactly the same so we didn't change same everything thing. on you with the exception of like the icons for load go yeah. stop have changed yeah. right the q link picking one's the same yep oh well i'm thinking of it q links mm -hmm. q links used to be in a status bar status bar is totally oh long. Yeah, yeah so yeah. long status bar we it may actually come back because there's a couple things that i'm kind of missing from status bar land but um Q-Links was always oddly like a checkbox down in the lower left corner to right. enable or disable Q-Links. So you have all these links that will fire off, you know, cues automatically. Sometimes you don't want that to happen, especially when you're kind of like teching through, or not really teching, like tech rehearsal teching, but just kind of dry teching through. Yep, or like going out of order and you don't know what's going to happen or you don't want weird things to happen or whatever. And so that's now under the queues menu, which makes a lot more sense. So queue links enabled is a checkbox there or a checked menu item there. Mm -hmm. And you can uncheck that to And if you uncheck it, queues. it's clear oh, in the yeah, UI yeah. that now your links are grayed out. Now they're all grayed out. Yeah. So cool. So you know it's not going to run. But I'm going to go ahead and run it. Oh, I did I run this? Oh, yeah, because I was sitting in. I, I restored it exactly to be in this queue. <laughs> that was that was a bad move. Let me, I'm just going to jog that motor somewhere else. Uh, or actually, so it's supposed to be going from 144. Let me go over to jog screen, turn off my filters. That was line set 07. Line set 07. Boop, boop, boop. I'm just going to reset it to 144. Super handy. Move to position. Yes. Again, not a new feature. Just right. Just but super accessible, and super then easy. really mm -hmm. easy to like find the thing that I was looking for. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I deleted out my search term there, which brings everybody back up, but I still have my, that one selected. All right, so now that's complete. Let's go ahead and try to run that queue again. Burp. 
because now we're coming from 144 to 40, which means we will pass through our 100. 100. Mm -hmm. Do, 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 do. just exciting watching the uh, progress bar move across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then there we go. And so then it took its cue and it's on its way. That's very cool. Yes. All right. So I think that gets us through much of what we want to talk about. Let's just check our list, see what else do we want to talk about in queue mode. Um, oh, we didn't talk about dynamic spikes. Oh. Jesus. Oh, Mary and, and Joseph. And uh, the other thing to go along with them, the really, really, really exciting thing. Okay. All right. It's not on the list. The that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes. That is super exciting. I'm very excited for that one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, it is It is on the list. Oh, it's no. just later. Just later. Right. Just right. excited for it. Yeah, we're just excited. But dynamic spikes. Dynamic spikes. We'll do dynamic spikes. All right. I'm going to stop this because I don't have time. <laughs> I'm getting old watching that queue. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, for to show off dynamic spikes, I think that turntable probably turntable. is the makes the most sense. All right. I think. I'm with you. Easiest right, to understand. So I got a new show file that gives us back to ground zero. Uh, machine library. Boop, boop, boop. This trackpad's really giving me guff. I keep like right clicking when I mean to not right click. Uh, yep, never mind. <laughs> Were you worried that the turntable was going to, size wasn't going to change? No, I just glanced over at OBS and Fuji oh. is unhappy. Oh, no. What's wrong with Fuji? Oh, it is unhappy. Well, Battery. that's all right. We're, we're screencasting at the moment anyway. So maybe it's overheating. <laughs> Fuji. <laughs> no, it's showing the battery thing, I think. It should be plugged in. It should be fine. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We might not cut back to video then. <laughs> yeah, we may, <laughs> we may be screencasting for the rest of this podcast. All right. All right, so I'm just going to get this going here. All right, so we got a revolver in there. Back up a little bit. Um, oh, no, I just want to add a new queue. Uh, but I'm just going to call this Q1. And we'll add another Q2 and another Q3 just for, for giggles. And I'm going to drop in the revolver here. So everyone knows Spiky Spikes. I'm going to put the revolver in all these queues. I could have duplicated the queue, too, I guess. Control-D is the... Is queue duplicate? Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> so for my target, I can always enter in, like, you know, if I wanted to go 90 degrees, I could go 90 degrees, right? Right. And update, and that would be a 90, 90. queue. And if I wanted to go another 90 degrees, the old way was I'd have to set a new target for 180 degrees because I'd have to have 90 to it. And actually, can we just to derail the train for a oh, second? Yeah. Can we back up to... Yeah. So about doing that math, yep. you can do that math right in the target position. <gasps> oh, yes, you're totally I right. totally forgot to add this to the list. Yes, yeah. so if we were at 90, say, so let's just do that. So we're at 90 and we're like, oh, we want to go 90 past that. You can now do plus 90, right? Yeah. And that goes to 180. And you can also do subtraction. And it works in for uh, most places that you're going to want it. That's pretty cool. I mean, not pretty cool. That's it very is cool. very cool, yes. Yeah. But even cooler, 
Yes, but nah. Back to dynamic spikes, though. <laughs> so spikes were always kind of useless on turntables because um, unless you were only ever going to turn one rotation at, totally, mm -hmm. um, you it just wasn't useful, right? Because right. you're trying to describe everything in one 360-degree circle, but you maybe always want to run forward. So now if we add a spike, there's a few different spiky types that you get. Um, I'm just going to call this 90 clockwise to remind myself what it is. So if I want to write a spike now that goes 90 degrees just every time I run it, mm -hmm. from the type of cue, or sorry, spike, of spike, yeah. mm -hmm. I can choose simple, which is just the old spike. That you know and love. Increments. Which is uh, the first new dynamic spike, which is just go another Block. whatever. From, yep. from your current position. Yep. Right. Which might be cool, except if you were starting from five degrees and you wanted to go to 90, you don't want to just add 90 degrees. You want to hit the next 90 increments. Right. Because with the increment one, you would end up at 95, which right. would be too far. Nearest multiple, which we're not going to show just yet, but that would just say like, Shortest distance to uh, position. Yep. And then if, in my case, I want to always go clockwise. So I want the nearest forward multiple. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to punch in a factor of 90. And we can talk about this in a second mm -hmm. about why this works. Uh, but I'm going to select that and say, oh, let me get my Q runner out again. So now if I load this up, you can see it's going to go 90 degrees from where it is now. So I'm just going to go ahead and run it. Do, 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 do. And now here's the really magical thing. If I want to do, I can just rerun this queue and it'll go another 90. So if I load it up, it's now going to go 90 more degrees. Same queue. Same queue. Haven't touched anything. And you could start from anywhere. Right, so I could jog this thing around. So if I go to jog mode, and I can just jog this like a little bit. Oh, I gotta select it. Select it, jog a little bit forward, right? Mm -hmm. And now, trying to run that queue will take you to the next multiple of 90. Which is up there, right? So if you just wanted to like shift 90 degrees every time you mm -hmm. run. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yes. But then the next one we should show off is the same type of spike, so still just the nearest multiple. Mm -hmm. uh, or you know what? I'm going to say that the other one was just like plus 90 clockwise as right. a name. Right. So this one is really, now I really want to go to 90. 90. Every time. Well, to a, yes. Right, but... So I'm going to go nearest forward multiple again. But this time for my factor, I'm going to punch in my factor is 360, which basically means like I, I want this all to be based on a 360 degree rotation. But I always want to go, oh, sticky I hit key. something. I got a sticky key on my keyboard. Okay. But I, um, but I want to offset 90 degrees. So from the nearest, from the last 360 degree Increment. So mm -hmm. if I'm two rotations in and I'm at whatever. 
twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's nah, not two rotations. But yeah, seven twenty, yeah. or I'm at eight forty five. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. I just want the computer to figure out like go forward till you hit the next ninety, based on a zero to three sixty. Yep. Q. Uh, so I'm starting from a position of two seventy, right? Mm-hmm. And in old Spike Mark land, if I told it to go to 90, it would go in reverse. Right. All back the way around back to the revolution. Yeah. But not now. But now. But now it's going to go forward basically 180 degrees to get to the next instance of, of 90. Of 90. Which is 720 plus 90. That's not, though, because we <laughs> haven't made it. It's 360 plus 90. Right. 450. Final answer. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> that was better than I was. I wasn't going to try to do the math. I was just going to like explain it in words. <laughs> and now, if I load that queue again, it will go all the way around the turntable. It'll go 360 again to get back to that place because we've told it we want the next forward instance of this. Yeah. Right. And as the classroom exercise, I'll let you do that math this time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to stop it there prematurely. Just trust us. It was going to get there. It, right. We'd already proven it. But now let's show off a different kind of spike. So let's do uh, Q number four, and we're just going to go nearest. So this time, I'm going to add another dynamic spike to it. Uh, do, 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 do. And I'm going to call this one near. I'm just going to call it nearest. And for this one, we'll just do nearest multiple. And we'll set up our factor the same way. Um, 360 and 90. And update. And so now it should basically do the same thing, right? It should go yep. to the same spot that it was trying to get to. But this time, well, now what it's going to try to do, well, not try to do, what it's going to do is it's going to determine whether going forward or clockwise is the fastest direction or going reverse slash counterclockwise is the fastest direction. And if I reload it, it won't move at all because right. it's already there. It's already at it, the nearest multiple or nearest um, nearest forward instance of 90. So, right. But to your point, it since it will now pick a direction to go. Gotta if select I select it, it yep. <laughs> still got to select it. Turns out. So if I go a little bit past it and I rerun that queue, it will go back. Right. Right. But if you're past the halfway point there, it goes forward like you saw the first time. Right. And if I go a little bit reverse of it, that was an easier way to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> and I look, look, reload that queue. It'll go back to it. So we're going to the, and what we're able to do is tell it, we want to go to the 90, like quote unquote, the 90, mm-hmm. but we're at position like 810. Right. And so Spike Mark's doing the thing that you kind of have always wanted it to do. So another thing that this allows us to do is that we can say, um, target a speed of like, Oh, sorry, target a position of 4,000, uh, which we're limited to 1440, just because that's what our forward position is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can load that queue. Actually, I do want to let it go a little further, though. Let's go, let's go to 40,000 and minus 40,000 on those values, just so we can open this back up. 
So target this to go to 4,000 or 40,000 or whatever. I don't really care. I'm just going to send it off running. And this, this scenario comes up from time to time for folks. Where mm -hmm. It's like, I want to let the turntable run. I don't really know how far it's going to get, but when the actor hits their line, I want to hit the next 90. Right. Um, and so in this case, you can do either thing. You can either go to the, uh, like a plus 90. So it's just going to go to the next nearest, like 90 degree quarter of the turntable, or you can go to the next like 90 position based on a zero right. as your, as your datum. So I'm just going to pick the, um, next nearest. I'll wait till it goes around. And here it's just going to land on the, the nearest 90 degree multiple. Right. And I can start it up again. And show that it's not. It'll go to the 90. To, to the, the 90. nearest 90. Yes. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'll wait for it to pass. Do, 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 do. And somebody's doing some stuff on stage. And I load up my queue and I hit run. And you can see that the it's going to now come back around and hit the 90 yeah. based on a zero to 90. Yep. Because we, in this case, I guess I didn't say this explicitly, but zero was actually originally stage left, which is kind of odd. <laughs> I should have rotated the turntable around to make zero, you know, downstage because that had been more human, but it didn't. And so now it's going to slow down and hit that spike. So it's hit the nearest 90 degree instance, even though the position was like uh, 1,890. Right. Which is really cool. Which is super, super cool. And I think makes turntable positioning so much better. Yeah. So. And now uh, you wrote a lot of this feature. I did several times. And then, and then you. <laughs> this, this one. So it seems so simple and straightforward, but. It was. It's a little bit not. It was a little bit not. Like it was deceptively. I mean, sometimes you get into those instances where you're like, oh yeah, this is pretty easy. Because you think like, that's not that hard. I mean many of our customers have said this to us over the years, like it shouldn't be that hard. Just write like turntable cues, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but <laughs> right. And so we started off with like, um, just doing some very simple math, like to get the, the next increment stuff. Right. Um, I think that, so we, I wrote all that and like figured out the architecture for how we want to handle dynamic spikes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it, you used it for, I don't know, an hour and you're like, I don't think this really works. I also had a very specific use case in mind as I was testing it, <laughs> right. which was actually turns out pretty helpful <laughs> for figuring helpful. this out. But, uh, but yeah, it, it took us, I don't know, three days, four it took days, us three days after that. Yeah. Where it was like, we Each thought day, we had it. We nailed it. Yeah. We're like, oh, in the morning we'd be scratching our heads. We worked together on it. We're like, this is it. This is the formula we yeah. want. And then, yeah. By the next morning, we're like, wait a second, no, that doesn't work in this situation. Wait, no. <laughs> but the key was really dividing it up into these three different um, variables. So you've got your, you know, the the factor and the offset. Right. And then the value. Right. Um, and value, uh, giving you the factor and offset. So we started off really with just factor because it was like, mm -hmm. ah, you just go to the next multiple. Um, but a lot of times you don't really want just the multiple. So having this idea of a factor where you set up like, what's my basis? What am I yep. calling like mm -hmm. a unit? You know, in this case, like for turntables, it might be 360. 360. If you're moving, um, like if you're raising an LED wall that goes, that's being built in like 48 inch segments, it could be 48, 48. inches is your, 
um, factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and then your offset and right. you don't always need the offset and you don't always need the factor, but it, you can play with those three variables to do some really powerful things. Very powerful stuff. Yeah. But like you said, it was pretty funny because it was <laughs> like kind of an Abbott and Costello routine where we were just like every morning, we're like, we did it. It's, this is perfect. Ship it. And then by the next morning, I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't work if you go reverse or right. you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> But I think it's really cool. And it's a thing that we've been kind of, it's an itch we've been trying to scratch for, for years. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Because um, we looked also like at doing relative positioning mm-hmm. a while back, and mm-hmm. I think that we were never happy with our implementation, and so we didn't release it. Right. Um, and I think this is, I think this, looks this really is good. better, way than better what we had previously. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the idea, you know, I I can't guess we kind of skipped over the elevator pitch, but the idea with a dynamic spike is that, you know, a regular spike you explicitly define the value for it. But in a dynamic spike, it's calculated. The value is calculated at runtime by the current, based on the current position of the motor and other um, coefficients that you enter. Right. And so it it will dynamically change based on the position of the motor when the cue is loaded. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's pretty sick because then you can <laughs> really, you know, uh, you do crazy stuff like run an entire turntable show with just one cue just one cue yeah without changing anything yeah 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 yep and then the way you mix and match those like the nearest the nearest forward the nearest reverse um those can can set you up for some pretty right interesting things right you know because we didn't show it but though there's a reverse one to the that exact uh, behaves the same way as the forward one as the forward one but you know oddly in reverse <laughs> with a name like that who would have ever guessed? <laughs> have guessed so i don't know that i mean like i think this is the final ui for shipping spike mark 5 when you mm-hmm. guys see spike mark 5 it's going to have this ui i'm i'm still curious like i think there's a you know we basically have exposed the the three components there value factor and offset oh and then we, we should have mentioned that like it's i should have mentioned that um you did a nice job polishing up this ui so that the the things that you can edit for that type of spike oh, are yeah. editable. The things that you can't edit are grayed out. So like if you're doing a simple spike, which is what the little equal sign means, and if I click on that, it expands out to the name, right? Um, you can edit the value because that's the point of a simple spike and you can't enter factor and edit factor and offset because they, they don't mean anything for simple spikes. Right. Um, and if I similarly, like if I do increment, um, I can edit the offset because the <clears throat> increment basically doesn't have a factor. It just has an right, offset. Just, just go this much more. It. Yep. And so you can't edit value or factor, uh, but you can add, edit the offset. And then for any any of the multiple ones, you can edit factor and offset, but not value because value is going to be calculated. calculated. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, anyway, pretty, 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 pretty cool stuff. But I think we're now to the, one of the most exciting things and the thing that you have yes. single-handedly implemented, which is uh, another long-standing feature request, right? Yes. Uh, for a long time, people have wanted to be able to uh, execute cues in SpikeMark from not SpikeMark. Right. <laughs> They're like, we love SpikeMark almost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just now don't want to use it. I just really rather not use it. So with... Uh, with Spike Mark Five, we now have the ability to uh, trigger Spike Mark f- 
over OSC, via OSC. Which is super cool. So now you can control it with QLab. Yeah. And then uh, we have a little demo here set up. Yeah. And uh, if we want to show that off, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think we should totally do it. So, so we've got some basic cues written. Yeah. Here, so now right? we can just. Uh, so show me, uh, set me through. What do, what do I need to set up in SpikeMark to be able to make it? Like so it's pretty simple in SpikeMark. You just, so under the show control, uh -huh. there's a, oh, there's a, uh, had another thought. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. There is OSC now input OSC input trigger. And so there are two port numbers to set. Okay. There is the listen port, and this is the port SpikeMark is listening for messages on. Um, by default, it's that one. Okay. And then there's also a uh, response port, and this is the port that SpikeMark will send messages back out on. So um, not only can you... Uh, run queues and stuff, but you can actually also edit some runtime uh, queue properties. Um, and if you want to get a response back from that, this is the port. Okay. Um, and so then it's just a simple enable button. So I hit the enable. Yep. Oh, and it shows me get our it little check. Enabled. And now SpikeMark is listening. All right. And do I have to keep this window open? I can uh, close nope. It? Now you can close it. Okay. And then so if we switch over to the Mac... So you can see here, now we are running QLab, and I have created, uh, so in the network patch, I set it up. So this is our SpikeMark computer, and that's what I'll be sending it to. Yep. And then I have written this simple Q1Go, and actually if I then switch over to the oh, split screen. Oh, nice, we can see both. So when I run this queue, and I'm not touching SpikeMark. Oh. Woo! You can see and it's running. It is running. Running Q1. So we got that over OSC. So from a Mac, running QLab over the network, boom. Done. Done. And I we have hold to run turned off right now. But yes. if you have it enabled, it will respect hold to run. Right. Um, so that it, should you not. So which would mean that like the automation operator has to be actually physically Paying holding attention down. And, right. You know, and authorizing the motion to happen. Um, but spike mark allows you to configure that either to do that or to not do that. Right. And then uh, we can also do, I just wrote it, but I don't remember all of these. I believe it is Q1 slash stop to, uh, to stop Q1. To stop Q1. And, and there it, it goes. Boom. And so. Which stopped it prematurely. Otherwise it would just run to completion. Right. right Cause if you remember our Q1 was, going to like, like 40,000 40, or yes. something. But then you can also do things like we could change the ramp time of the queue or the total time of the queue or change the specific position that a movement was going to or change the speed of a movement. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very cool. Change the offset and the factor. So could you change spikes. like, uh, well, do you have something that you're going to do then uh, to show that? I, I did not have one off the top of my head but could we do one yeah do you think? yeah if i put you on the spot so yeah so for q2 mm -hmm. it's got a um dynamic spike that is headed that has an offset of 90 q2 yeah, yeah. so we want to do you want the q offset. number or do you want the so spike number there spike are several ways to do it i think the q number and motor name are the easiest easiest okay or the they make the most sense i think Okay, so for Q2, 
revolver space V2. And spaces have to be underscores, right? Yeah. And okay. we also have this whole new great documentation website that we we'll touch sure on a little do. bit later too, but we'll, that has all of this laid out in a uh, easier to follow. Um, so we want to change the Q and we want to change Q2. Yep. And then we want to edit the movement of the Re motor. Revolver, revolver V2, which has got a capital R. V and two. And then we want to change its spike. Yep. Offset. Yep. To 180 from 180. 90. Okay. And then if uh, we click go here, and then over in spike mark. And I can see that the offset's already been changed to yeah. 180. Yep. Yeah. And. Yeah. So if, can we run Q2? We can run Q2. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know why. I'm, I, I guess I could run Q2 <laughs> too. But, but that, I mean, why would I now? Right. Now just from QLab. And the Q ones are simple. It's just Q slash number slash go. And then. Q2. Oh, my God, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I, th I don't know if I have it open in QLab still. But yeah, and I kind of screwed you a little bit, too, because I gave you a the offset, but the fact I should have changed the factor, too, to 360. But uh. But anyway, you get the point. You get the point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that means like also while you're running a queue, like if you're running that 40,000 queue and you wanted to change something like dynamically on the fly based on anything else. Right. Right. You could change your target position for that queue, which is sweet. Right. And then just uh, to point it out real quick. That, yeah. So these, that uh, response stuff that we were talking about when we were configuring SpikeMark, yeah. these are those messages that it's sending back in this uh, window here. You can see that. Oh, nice. The SpikeMark reply, and then... Because you can also query information about the spike, like what position are you going to? Okay. And then that would also... You can also see that. Very cool. Yeah. So it's uh, been a long-requested feature that I... Uh, yeah, and it, you've done a great job there's all it's so powerful that you can both edit and run and stop and all those things yeah all through osc which is pretty great um what other things do we want to touch on um i think oh yeah uh, do we the it's you've always been able to export motors oh yeah but now you can export multiple motors all at once and you can also export uh, any kind of stagehand. Oh, yeah. So, like, FXs and um, whatever. I mean, FXs was really OSCs. the one I was looking for. But yeah, yeah. Totally. But, but so I if I... it for all. If I now move over to jog screen, although you can certainly do this from the Q screen, too. I just find the jog screen is a little bit easier because you can see... Uh, I like seeing the cards. I don't know why. But I can grab... You know, using multi-select, so I'm holding down the control key, I'm grabbing a bunch of these things. I'm going to just export these, export all my stagehands, and I can now uh, select do, 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 my desktop. I'm going to go ahead and make a new folder, uh, but do more exports. And 
it tells me I exported seven of them. Cool. So if I started a new show file and I'd like, you know, so this is great when you've got a theater, right? And you have a bunch of permanently installed machines, but you don't necessarily want to clutter up your show file with every machine that in you're, the theater. Especially the ones you're not using for a show. That's what I mean, yeah. right? Like, it's like, yeah, but I'm not using half of these line sets, right? Yeah. So if you had a, just a directory that had all of your line sets in them, you could now import your stagehands um, and go to your, uh, oh, did I put that in? Where did I put that? Like a I think you're like, me. It was like an app profile thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it in on my desktop. <laughs> but on my desktop, I've got another, I got another set of them. So let me just do that. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, no, I only have one there. Oh, no. <laughs> I think if you just do your name. Like, uh, local disk C. Users, you. users. Oh God, this is horrible. I think there it is. More, More exports. exports. There we go. So it's just in my home directory. All right, woo! And I navigated the <laughs> file system. Uh, so if I pick like two or three of these, or four in this case, but you could imagine I could have like 30, 40, 50 of these, and I'm like, oh, I just want the maybe, or maybe I only want cloud one and line set thirty one and thirty two, and that's it. That's all. It's a small show that I'm doing. Boom, and they just come in. So you've always been able to, like you said, always been able to import and export. Um, single motors. Single motors. But the idea now that you can shift select and do multiple ones. Just, right. It's just a kind of quality of life. Yeah. And especially too for FXs. So like if you have an yeah. effect that has like air brakes or something and you're right. always using an FX, right. you can now export that and easily import it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, last thing I think we should probably just touch on is, the, and actually, since you got Wi-Fi, do you want to switch back to you and show off the doc site? Uh, sure. See so another uh, really cool thing that the the document or the support team has come up with um, <laughs> is this new documentation site. So if you go to docs.creativeconnors.com, you can see our. Um, We'll switch over here. Yeah, so here's our new little support center at docs.creativeconnors.com, and you can see the spike mark documentation with the quick start tutorial, and they're starting to fill in the rest of the spike mark five documentation. But feel free to go ahead and like check it out, check it out, yeah. read through it, let us know uh, what you think, um, and you can see a lot of the things that we've been talking about today are already uh, documented in there. Oh yeah, all the OSC the input stuff trigger. that you've documented as well yeah well, i'm gonna show off the stuff i did yeah um, <laughs> that's very nice though but uh I'm i was really just trying to get to all of the all the various commands there's a bunch of them and yeah. they're all laid out but, but that whole documentation site so bit by bit we're going to be moving away from our um like individual pdfs and into this documentation site which i think should be really great for folks to be able to um just have one stop shopping to find what you need. And then the, right. having the interlinks between like, Hey, when we're talking about setting limit switches and limit positions, like being able to jump right to a specific machine limit switch and, and stage and search for things like all the new spike stuff we were just talking about. Right. Yeah. The search across all of our documentation is pretty great. So yeah. docs.creativeconnors.com. I wanted to just point that out. Um, 
And then I think the last thing I just want to talk about is uh, when, when is this all live, right? So, um, you know, this is all still kind of pre-release. We have release candidates and we have several customers using this stuff out in the wild. Um, but then come September, um, the idea is September, maybe October, depending on when we button things up. Mm -hmm. But uh, this fall, for sure, Spike Mark 5 is going to be live for everyone. Yeah. And as ever, it is free. Woohoo. Woohoo. So you get all this uh, for the grand big price of nothing. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty great. And simulator, of course, works as ever. Right. Um, so you don't even you don't, need motors. Yeah. If you don't have motors, but you just want to start playing around with this stuff, especially some of the really cool like uh, OSC integration, like mm -hmm. playing around with integrating with QLab or other uh, OSC sources. Um, it's pretty great. Um, oh, we didn't mention, but there's also a pretty nifty uh, UDP output. Oh, that was the, I had that thought when we were, uh, when I started talking about the OSC input triggers, that's what that was. But there's a new UDP, generic UDP output, which allows you, oh, and this is also documented on the new site, uh, allows you to choose what you want to output. Yeah, so here's the pattern, right? So you can type in different patterns, which are all documented on the site. So, so rather than just being locked into what we decide is the UDP output to describe motor position on the network, you can choose from, I don't know how many. Name, position, which is the simulated position, which is what we normally do, which is best for video. Right. Um, actual position, which is real encoder position. Uh, the desired position when you're running a queue. The speed, the desired speed. Um, yeah, so I could like put in uh, desired speed. Is that underscored or? Yeah, underscored. Yeah, All so desired speed. Underscored. And I could like put whatever, uh, you know, like a pipe. Curly brackets, not square oh, brackets. Not square yeah. brackets. I like the curly brackets. All right. All right. You win this round. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can, you can basically, everything that's inside of the curly brackets gets replaced. Right. with the actual data and then everything that's not in curly brackets gets sent as just uh characters that yeah, literal strings yep. right yep um so you can describe your own format um so whatever device is listening for our motor position you can sculpt the data however, however you, you need, need it. it yeah which is pretty fantastic right and it's kind of like watch out but just now configurable yeah to however you want it yeah so pretty dope yeah all right. Well, I mean, I think that was we've we've blathered on a good while, right? We were, we were I think so. I don't know, hour and a half or something in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that that was great, and I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed like this quick um, look at Spike Mark Five. And again, this isn't like meant to be the training for it. There'll be actual training videos, but this is really more of just like us having fun and showing it off and letting you see it. So, um, our webcam is dying uh thanks fuji <laughs> anyway thanks so much for joining us please do let us know if you enjoy this kind of content and if yeah. you'd like to see more obviously not always in like over two you know over an hour format but shorter clips um kind of giving you some inside uh scoop we we work on encouragement so any of that that you can grant would be Great. most appreciated all yeah. right thanks everyone